Bookcase and Coffee presents Buzzing About Romance, a quick shot of romance. Welcome. Hey, everybody. It's Leah. And with me this time is Leanne, who has turned the page on Instagram. Welcome back to the podcast, Leanne. Thanks. It's good to be here. On this quick shot of romance, we are reviewing My True Love by Melissa Foster. Um, It is book two of her Steals at Silver Island series. Um, Do you want to read the synopsis from Goodreads for us? Sure. Um, Can a man who resents the hand he's been dealt and a woman who spends her days grateful for every little thing find true love in each other's arms, or are their differences stronger than both of them? Find out in this funny, sexy, heartfelt romance and fall in love with Grant and Jules on the sandy shores of Silver Island, home to coffee shops, boat races, and midnight rendezvous. Even war heroes need a little help sometimes. After spending years fighting for his country and too damn long learning to navigate life with a prosthetic leg, Grant Silver returns to Silver Island to figure out a future he couldn't fathom without fatigues and a gun in his hand. He'd almost forgotten how a man could suffocate from the warmth and caring community in which he'd grown up, and if that weren't bad enough, his buddy's beautiful and far too chipper younger sister won't stop Biddy into his life, trying to sprinkle happy dust everywhere she goes. As a cancer survivor, Jules Jules Steele knows better than to count on seeing tomorrow. She doesn't take a single moment for granted, and she isn't about to let a man who used to be charming and full of life waste the future he's been blessed with. She's determined to get through to him, even if it takes a few steamy kisses. Okay, so this was released March 31st, 2021, so just um, actually like a couple weeks ago. Mm -hmm. Um, The tropes are brother's best friend, wounded hero, um, grumpy sunshine, and the steam level of four, because this was a pretty steamy one. Yeah, I was really impressed. I haven't read her Uh, before, but I was- Oh, you haven't? uh -uh, So I really liked it. She is is one of my go-to authors. She is wordy, and it's always, it's a long, like I think her shortest are like- if not novella wise, but like her shortest are, I think 350. I don't think okay. she writes anything low, like below like 350 pages, but I've, I've liked every book of hers that I've read. It's always, it's always a good one. Yeah. But this series is actually one of my favorites. Um, but I really enjoy like the couple dynamics for both the books so far. <coughs> oh, excuse me. So Let's talk a little bit about a Jules's happiness. So like it said, she is a childhood cancer survivor. She sees the positive in everything around her. She's like optimistic about everything in her life. Um, I thought like her character, I love that because she, she wasn't obnoxiously positive. Like she saw the good, but she really tried to bring that out in everybody and like show people that she interacted with good things like she didn't force her happiness on anybody but she tried to really coax the happiness out of them yeah I agree I was kind of worried that like when they started describing her personality as being this upbeat sunshiny person she was going to be this over-the-top kind of like fluffy character but she was Mm -hmm. really down to earth and just like you're alive you're here like you get to live this life do it and it was not like in a pushy way she was just like why can't you see the happiness like you have the choice to be happy and live your life. Mm-hmm. And I really I appreciate really, that. And I really like too, like she was very down to earth. Like she's very smart, mm-hmm. very down to earth. Like she's not like airheaded or any like flighty in any sense. Like she's very grounded in her realistic like expectations of living life to the fullest, which I really enjoyed. Yeah. 
so let's talk a little about Gramp and his grumpiness. So he has been dealt a crap hand. Um, he was in the military. He was injured. He ended up losing his leg and had a lot of hearing damage, which, um, <laughs> excuse me, they talk about that a little bit more, but I don't want to spoil that little section. Um, and so like, I mean, rightfully he has, he has that like rightfulness to be grumpy and be damaged and be kind of frustrated with like the hand he has dealt and the direction his life has been taken. Yeah, I agree. I think he got dealt a harder hand than most people that come from mm-hmm. the military, but he did come back though. And that's what Jules tried to tell him. But I think he also like, I really like how she addressed like PTSD mm-hmm. um, with him, like being a survivor and coming back and dealing with like, you know, having a prosthetic leg and kind of having that like baggage on his like emotional side and how Jules kind of helps him through that. But yeah, he's really grumpy. Like he is and he and lives I, in one, his own little shack. Like he, he does. Well, and that shack has been like his safe haven since mm-hmm. he was little. Cause like his parents went through um a separation um and they continue to live apart. And so when all of that was happening, like that shack cabin type of thing is where he ran to. And that was his happy place, even as a young child. So I think him coming back to that, it it brings him the comfort that he needs when he doesn't feel comfort in anything else around him. Yeah, definitely. One thing I really liked about the way um, Foster wrote this book, though, too, was the fact that his him losing his leg and having the... Um, what's it called? Um, prosthesis. Um, prosthesis. That would be the Is word I'm looking for. <laughs> yes. Um, the amputation was the word, but prosthesis works too, but it wasn't such a fo- like singular focus of the book. Like it was just, it was part of him. It was part of his mm-hmm. re- like reality. It was part of his character, but it wasn't so much like he is the prosthesis. He is the amputee. Like it's just a, a facet of who he is, but the grumpiness, the the fact that he can't go back out into the workforce that he was doing with the company he was working for, but the prosthetic is not the issue with that. There are other like factors of why he can't go out into the field. And I, I really love the fact that like she allowed that prosthetic to be just normal. Like she normalized it in such a profound and organic way that it, it wasn't, it just normalized it in a really, a really good way. And I love the way she wrote that in. And I will say like, I like how she didn't just like brush it off. Like, like his Mm -hmm. guys lost his life. But she also like brought in things like how he lives his life, how he needs a shower chair, like brought in Mm -hmm. level of intimacy with it. Like, and there are changes, but they didn't sit there and make him feel bad about it. They were just way alive. And I you said like, I really appreciate how like organic she made it feel, how natural just go with the flow and not just be like, hounding it in every like second of this guy's life it was really well done Mm -hmm. yeah and that I mean that whole factor like Grant really feels inadequate in his personal life in his business life in life in general like he just feels so inadequate in the fact that he is not complete anymore Mm -hmm. and it he is using that as like his driving force to like turn into himself he's doesn't really talk to his family too much anymore he just kind of hangs out in his little hut and doesn't do much of anything yeah 
So let's talk a little bit about his paintings. So when Grant was younger, he was actually an avid painter. He sold lots of paintings to tons of people like that would come and visit the island. Um, and so Jules, ironically, um, had a couple paintings hanging up in her house that she had always loved, but she never knew that Grant had painted them. And so when they like talked about it and she found this out, like she really wanted to, she had always wanted to encourage him to paint again because she felt that that would be a big thing for him. But when she found out like those paintings were his, like she tried, like she encouraged it even more. Like she was his fairy who would drop things off at his cabin and hope that he would use them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love the paintings aspect, especially coming from like this rugged military guy that was like special forces painting. Mm-hmm. Like, I love that it was his outlet and it was a typically like a non-masculine like hobby. So I really mm-hmm. love that it was his release and like how Jules, like, I love the fairy thing, the little like mm-hmm. how she used to bring him gifts. I just, it was melting my heart. Well, and that was kind of a, a theme throughout too. Cause like when, after the Halloween party, she's a zombie, mm-hmm. like a zombie fairy and he calls her Pixie and then he paints this lantern with her, like with a fairy on it. And I guess I was looking back through the book today just to 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 try and refresh my memory on a couple of things. And like her ears are a little bit more pointy than like, a, a, mm-hmm. than other people. So like she, he paints her as this fairy on the lantern and like, he gives her like her ears, which are similar to fairy ears. But I just loved how the art and the painting was so therapeutic for him because I am a huge proponent of art therapy. I think it is an amazing thing. And I, I am an, I was an art major in college and I feel like it is one of the most natural ways to get your emotions and feelings out onto whatever like you're creating. And I think that it, the fact that it was such a significant piece to this was just, it was so well done because he painted mm-hmm. these harsh realities um, of how he's feeling and he just wanted to throw them away. And I love how like she saved them. I don't know if that's spoiling too much, but like she went into the dumpster and like pulled them out for him. Like uh-huh. she's like, you need to keep these. Like these, like you said, like they're therapeutic. Like mm-hmm. you drew what you're feeling, and that's just not something you want to throw away. Right? You know, maybe decide later down the road, but don't just throw them away because you're angry. And I right. think she put them in her office. I think at work, mm-hmm. like yes. to keep them, and just really like, I thought it was really well done with that too. Like tying like everything in with the paintings, like throughout with like. I thought it was really well done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was a, like a, a common like theme throughout it. Cause they talked about like mm-hmm. him painting at the beginning and how he doesn't do that anymore and how he doesn't feel connected to anything in the Island anymore. And then she drops off the painting stuff and he doesn't want it. He wants to just push it out because he doesn't want to do anything. He just wants mm-hmm. to leave again. He doesn't want to stay on steel Island. He doesn't want to deal with anybody. He doesn't want to deal with his family, which is another, um, whole thing because his he has this blow up with his family I don't want to spoil anything with that and like the situation that but like even that like he has this guilt and this fear and this feel like these feelings because of the situation with his parents and none of neither he or any of his siblings have ever spoken to his parents about why they live the way they do mm-hmm yeah, and I like how, like, the paintings, again, will, I don't want to spoil it, but, like, tie back again in the, like, mm-hmm. toward the end with his family, and, like, 
Yes. Because there's something that happens that like Mm -hmm. with his, one of his parents that like he never knew about, but then, Mm -hmm. so it's one of those things where, um, but then there's also questions about certain things with the parents also. And Mm -hmm. it, it really brings all of those feelings to the forefront. And I love too, that when they, they had their dark moment, it wasn't a breakup. It wasn't yeah. a couple days. It was like a few hours. It might, it might've been like an evening where it mm-hmm. was just, they took some time to contemplate like what the next step was. And I, I like that. Like, sometimes I like those separations and I think those separations are good and those separations are needed. But I think with, with these two, there was so much push and pull at the beginning in the fact that like Jules was really bringing Grant out of his shell and really like making him feel whole again on his own. Like she wasn't needed to make him whole, but she was showing him like he is truly whole. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of like really big, like long separations where they have to like go self-discover, but like, I think they need Mm -hmm. that little bit of time to be sure that this is what they wanted like both of them for their relationship, like that small little break you're talking about. Mm -hmm. I think it was a really good like addition, but if they were done longer, I would have been, I would have been too upset. (laughs) Right. And I think, I think part of it too, though, was the fact that she was like, you need to, you need to do what you need to do. Like Mm -hmm. my, I am not a factor in this decision. And I love that. Like she was making she was seeing the positive. Like if that is what he needs to do, then that is what he needs to do. Like, yes, like it will hurt me. Yes, it will be disappointing. But if that is the direction he needs to go to make himself happy, then he needs to take that step. Yeah. And she was all in a hundred percent, whatever, like he needed to do. She said, I'm your girl. Like I'm still Mm -hmm. here, but like you got to do what you need to do for yourself. Yes, I I really appreciate that from her character. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it really like held true to like her, her character arc through the entire book. Like that was true to the, to the way she started. Like Mm -hmm. her, like she she didn't have to grow at all. Like she was such a strong, confident, emotionally like stable person at the beginning. And like, she was exactly the same at the end. Like, yes, like she got her happily ever after. And yes, like there's this new element to her life, but like she was already very, very content. And I love that because like she, there was nothing, nothing sad about her, nothing disconcerting about her. Yeah. I don't think she could be sad if she wanted to be, except for, you know, the slight (laughs) separation, but like, yeah, yeah. I mean, she had moments of sadness, but like, she's like, that's okay. Like sadness happens. Like you move on. I, I admire her. Like, I wish I could have that same sunshiny positive attitude, like all the time. I, I know. I know. I was like, how is this possible all the time? But clearly mm-hmm. like there are people like that. Yeah. <laughs> so do you like this or did you like this book? Yeah, I really loved it. Like you said, like she writes like larger books, but like every mm-hmm. word she put in there and every scene she put in there had a point. None of it was fluff. Like everything- she- flows so well and like mm-hmm. I'm like okay like but just every little piece was so well done it just everything tied together like with a nice little bow like mm-hmm. yeah she oh, yeah, does not so well do done. a lot of filler like she yeah. she is a very she's wordy but it is not filler words like everything yes. has a place and a purpose and I yeah I always like Melissa Foster I love this book I thought like she has a way to tell a story that keeps you really invested in the story keeps you invested in the characters she keeps you invested in like those 
outside characters because like she's always yeah. pulling from her different um series and there's a continuation with like previous books and next books and like you get little snippets into how things are happening and I just I just love that about her so who would typically like this book so I kind of got like the small town vibe kind of thing with like all the family mm-hmm. coming together everyone knowing each other so I feel like somebody like small town and like somebody mm-hmm. who likes grumpy sunshine with like yeah. a broody like mm-hmm. a broody hero yeah. a broody wounded like, hero and yeah. that's the thing like the island itself is very small like it's very tourist heavy but the the everyday residents like they're a very small knit community where everybody does know everybody which mm-hmm. like that's good and bad <laughs> at the same time but yeah Grumpy Sunshines, um, a wounded hero that needs his heroine to show him he isn't as wounded as he may think. Um, yep. That's definitely someone. Okay, so would you recommend this book? Of course. Like, <laughs> I've got my TBR is like full of Melissa Foster right now. Uh-huh. Um, like, my backlist is huge for this because I She does have a very, very big yeah. backlist. Like, she, she writes a lot. Like, she's always writing. And I think she puts out a new book every two months like one month to two months but like she is constantly writing but they're good though too it's not just like she's writing filler books like they are like Mm -hmm. from I've read a I've got another one started that's coming out next month in May Mm -hmm. and I think it's maybe we will I think it's yeah so I'm reading that one well it's on my TBR right now like next up and I'm like but I've every book she's written that I've like heard about or like read reviews on it's like it's worth it it's not just Mm -hmm. trying to mass produce books these stories have heart and soul and give you all the raw feelings like right so well and she like she has this formula where she writes like you kind of like the mm-hmm. formula itself you know what to expect but every story is different like every story is different every character is different every like each character has their own personality it's like and like even from one family to the next like there's I don't feel like there's repeating there's repeating like characteristic traits or yeah things like that but like every character is their own person I don't know how she is still making characters that like are so different but she has the knack I mean she's been doing it for a long time so yeah it works for her but and I definitely recommend this book I have recommend this book I would recommend anything that she writes um but you do not have to read this book or the first book in the series to read this one because you get a little bit of Jock and Daphne but you like it they make a like a couple little appearances so it is a standalone in a, in a series. So that is one thing yeah. that I like too. Um, Cause you could start at two, you could start at three, you could start, I think there's going to be six or seven in this series. Um, one for each sibling, but they, they hold up as a standalone. Yeah. I'm a standalone reader. <laughs> I had See, no I, idea there was a first one. So I oh, really? jumped right in with the second one. So it was completely fine to read a standalone. Like you said, there's See, secondary characters that popped in, but I had no idea which one was the first book. So mm-hmm. yeah, um, we'll see, I didn't feel go. like I was missing anything. Well, good. That's good. I'm glad. I'm so happy you liked it because I love this book. Yes. Right. <laughs> so that is our quick shot of romance for my true love. Thanks for hanging out tonight, Leanne. Yeah, well, thanks for having me. Bye, everybody. Bye. Find us on Instagram at Buzzing About Romance or on Twitter at Buzzing Romance. If you like the podcast, please leave a review. If you'd like to support us directly, join the Bookcase and Coffee Patreon and receive exclusive content only available to Patreon members. Check out bookcaseandcoffee.com for our on-the-shelf show notes.